Ladies and gentlemen, welcome out, Mr. Jason B. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Good Vibes to Jason B, a Broad Minds and More podcast. This is Variety episode 36. We are going to talk about fear and the fear-based culture today. We're also going to have an interview later on in the episode with Maria Humphreys from Strong Body, Strong Soul. And we're going to talk about the uh, power of meditation and how she got started, how she's teaching, how it works so on and so forth. So stay tuned for a great episode of Good Vibes Adjacent B, a Broad Minds and More podcast. Again, it's Variety episode 36. Welcome back. And today's episode in, here in Variety episode 36, we're going to talk about the fear-based culture and what it has done to us all or in, in a way of affected all of us in some way or fashion. Now, I believe in many different things. I believe in God. I believe in Christ. I believe in alternative thinking. But one of the things that has been really coming to my personal awareness is the fear-based culture. Right now, uh, if you listen to the news, the networks, you look in the media, there's constant talk of either war there's talk about a new recession on the horizon for the stock market and the U.S. economy, maybe world economy. And there's a lot of mention of mass shootings and um, what people are trying to do about uh, violence in our culture. Uh, last night or yesterday, I made an episode about the homelessness. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to my homeless edition, I take a gander over. It's about 22, 25 minutes long or so. So definitely something to check out if um, to give it a perspective on homelessness. So what's been going exactly on with fear-based culture? Um, what I've been personally noticing is a lot of people are worried um, right now. People are worried about their jobs, worried about their homes. Can they afford it? So on and so forth. And where does all this come from? It's not by accident. And yes, I do believe in alternative thinking. Um, some people might call it um, conspiracy theory. Um, and that that's okay. One of the things that I've noticed, is, and it's right in front of our faces, is how the news has not really changed in its narrative. Um, the news makes money and ratings according to our attention. So what does that mean in regards to fear-based culture? So if we notice we turn on the television, we turn on the local news or the national headline news, you're going to hear a few things. You're going to hear probably more than likely about an auto accident. You're probably going to hear more than likely of a shooting, a robbery, a rape, or a heinous crime that have gone some, somewhere in some fashion. You're going to hear about the national politics of 
uh, the current presidency, Donald Trump. Uh, there is not a day that Donald Trump is not mentioned in in the media, in my opinion. Um, the politics and so on and so forth. So as we go into it, we understand that good news is kind of like put back um, behind all the bad news, I guess you could say, or the worry news. Like every morning that I've listened to today, for example, breaking news, da, 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 something happened or someone did something. How does that affect our psyche and the vibration of our lives? Well, if we're beginning the day out of some kind of fear or worry or some kind of um, action that had taken place about someone else, you could say it's more like kind of like negative gossip, negative vibration. You know, it, it doesn't make us necessarily feel good. So it automatically puts us in the shock or sometimes maybe we're even numb to it and we don't even notice it. What does that do to us overall? Well, when we hear bad news, when we hear somebody talking about bad news, something tragic or whatever, it sends a message to our internal receptors, our minds, our brains, even our stomachs. And either we're going to feel sick to our stomach or we're going to feel ill or have a headache or worry. And what I've noticed in where I live and what's been going on with me and including those that I deal with, that I talk with, my family, my friends, even my own relationship, um, personal relationship, professional relationship, it's all started off on the bad foot. Now, how could a foot be bad? What's a metaphor, so to speak? So some of you might be saying, well, okay, get to your point, Jason. Come on now. Um, how does this really affect me? But it does affect you. So do you ever notice that when you get into the office, you're getting to talking to people, good morning, how you doing? And someone starts out with a complaint. And more than likely, the gravity of complaint and negativity is um, has already started. So it started when you got up, you turned on the news and you found out someone got killed, some mass shooting happened, some car accident, or the jackass in charge, as I call him, has basically done something really stupid. Like I think the latest thing that I was really listening to was um, in national news was Donald Trump was trying to deflect and um, counter people thinking by he was going to try to purchase Greenland. Yes. Uh, Greenland, I believe, is owned by Denmark or is colonized or is in charge by Denmark. And this cockamamie a notion that he could purchase a huge landmass that is basically a glacier sheet. And we don't know how much actual landmass it is, but it is definitely affecting uh, the polar ice caps, the temperature of the world, the oceans are rising, so on and so forth. So Donald Trump, after I'm a few weeks ago, the United Nations released an environmental report stating that if we don't change global warming now, we are going to doom our planet to destruction. So a like two weeks later, you hear Donald Trump talking, oh, I want to purchase Greenland. Well, what the hell for? You know, um, the man, ha in my opinion, has 
made a lot of financial mishaps and he's not as well off as you might think. And that's probably one of the biggest reasons why he's not releasing his tax returns. But is it my business of how much he's released his tax returns? That's a discussion for another day. So let's get back on to right on track onto what we're talking about and so on and so forth. So we're you hear things that they're kind of like they're negative. They're they're a disruptor in our natural flow as we begin our day. We get our coffee started. Um, I remember growing up, uh, reading the newspaper was something that I've always saw. I saw my grandfather do it. I seen my dad do it when he would get up for work at times. My mom do it, and one of the lures of newspapers is it always had a mixture. So your focus could go anywhere, but it wasn't someone narrating business to you or what was going on. Now, newspapers worked on the same premise that, you know, bad news is some kind of good news and attention, but now it's become overwhelming. And out of my own notice, I've noticed that, um, I turn on my phone and one of the first things I do is I'm looking at Instagram to see if something is going to catch my attention. And I've noticed this about myself and same with Facebook. And, you know, um, it's caused me to be kind of a voyeur, I guess you could say. And it's like me searching for something interesting. So I believe that's a reaction to the way it's been for me personally in regards to the news in the morning and vibration. And sometimes you just don't want to hear it. There's many days where I have not turned on the television whatsoever because I just didn't want to hear anything bad. I didn't want to hear anything tragic. So with that being said, I would only turn on the news at an exact time when I knew that the weather and the traffic was going to be mentioned and how that affects me is getting to work and doing the works that I do every single day. No matter what location I'd be in, whether it be in the Central Valley, the Bay Area, didn't matter my focus in my mind was to get me in a straight position and to be most effective for myself and not be negative. Yes, negative. So also the things that are going on and that's mentioned in the national news is we're hearing about the possible recession coming. So with someone who believes in the laws of attraction. If you announce it, you say it, you are making a command and that command will come true at some point in some time. Now, there are plenty of signs and warnings that a recession is coming, but there is a slight delay between when you actually think it, say it, and it becomes before it becomes reality. As mentioned, like in The Secret, Rhonda Burns, The Secret, um, Jack Canfield also is a contributor and uh, Bob Proctor. So these are people that are alternative thinkers and their take on it is if you say it, your wish is my command. doesn't matter good or bad. And I believe that to be true uh, for the most part. Um, I'm going to have to put a lot of weight into it. So with that being said, um, you know, there's a delay, as they say, between the actuality of the command and belief. But if enough people in the world believe it, it accelerates the magnetism of the negative event. It's true. The more you talk and fear about something, the more likely it's going to come. It's like you're Indiana Jones and you're trying to 
run out of the way out of the boulder that's coming chasing after you instead of just getting out of the way you keep running and the boulder's following you so that's kind of like our attention span to fear the more that we give the fear the power the more we give the attention span to the fear the faster it comes the more powerful it becomes and then we say well why does this happen to me why is this happening we have a choice and an opportunity to make a difference in that and like i was talking in my homeless uh episode yesterday we have the opportunity to be basically our brother's keeper and it doesn't matter regardless of the choices that anyone else has made but we do know or i know so to speak and many others know that without contribution there is no progress without gratitude there is no progress there may be progress in a negative way but in a progress in a good way growth and prosperity you got to put power and attraction command and action into it all many of the different ways to disrupt the negative flow that's going on in the world is to do just the opposite so in the fear-based culture people are worried that the jobs that they're working are no longer going to be working there's many factories in the United States that are closed or going into closure because it's too expensive to employ people. It's cheaper to buy goods overseas. But who falls from that? We all do. Now, there are such things called as the world banks and world banks operate on oppression in some way or fashion. They operate on loss, borrowing, heavy borrowing at that and lending you know, and that's how they make their profits and getting assets. So by, by that notion, many of these banks and people that run business in the world, they make their money when people are at their lowest and are willing to give up things, give up properties, give up assets, whatever, monies, give your attention away. Going back to the media, is the media really responsible for our bad tithe and, and bad conditions? I don't know if it's exactly responsible, but it's definitely the vehicle for what is the outcome. So Jack Canfield always mentions in his book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, event plus, what was it? Event plus response equals outcome. The event is the negative vibrations that are going on and the fear that's going on in the world. Um, just today, I was noticing on the news also they were mentioning a 15 year old boy who was playing a video game of all things i think he was playing call of duty and he was saying as a stupid comment that i'm gonna go take my dad's ar-15 and shoot seven people at my high school that's in reaction to the latest shootings that have happened in what is it idaho is it Idaho? No, Ohio, excuse me, El Paso, Texas, and Gilroy, California. Many different mass shootings have happened in the last five years in such a horrific numbers. People are reacting out of fear and they feel that they're acting out of command to take control of their situation. Now, I am not an advocate for gun owners, nor am I an advocate against people having weapons. I believe it's kind of something necessary to have. And if we were to be completely disarmed, in my personal opinion, 
is not necessarily a good thing. Once people have no control of their own weapons, whether it be for hunting or protection, you're giving someone else the power to make a decision for you. So that would be pro-gun. But yet at the same time, what is the need for an assault rifle? And the definition of an assault rifle, in my opinion, is any weapon that has been used in its design for military action and oppression. So the AR-15, is it an assault rifle? Why, yes. What size of round goes in the AR-15? Now, I can't remember offhand. Same with the AK-47 or an Uzi or many others. You know, it's, it's just not something, I don't feel that it's necessary to have an automatic weapon. Now, the laws are different across the United States. We know that California and I believe Michigan are the two toughest states in its own gun laws. And what the media and society has been talking about is because they're afraid of how things are, they want to monitor in any shape or fashion or form anyone discussing violence of any kind. And if you have an inclination of the possibility of it being, they're going to come and arrest you and they're going to charge you under this new law, the mass shooting um, ordinance, or I'm not sure what it's called. So that's creating fear. So now people have to watch what they say in any way. And kids, whether they're being taken seriously or not, they're the ones they're going to suffer the most. They're going to be programmed to fear. That means even if they're saying something as a joke, I believe it was someone in Fresno, California, who was taking a picture, a young girl, 15 year old girl took a picture of, of, uh, some rifles in a, I believe it was Walmart or some kind of store. And she posted on her Instagram or, or was it Twitter? I'm not quite sure, but says, Oh, watch out this could be coming to a school near you or something like that and police came in and they arrested her now there's been five or six different incidents to where teens white individuals have been arrested with even the inclination and thought of committing violence you know even if it was a joke a threat people are taking it seriously um the monitoring of social media's gameplay, how people are in chat rooms, multiplayer game rooms, they're being monitored by the government. And to me, that is a big fear tactic that is setting people on edge. I believe it was like a week ago, um, there was a car in New York City that, or a motorcycle that was, that was, had a loud exhaust and people thought it was gunfire and people ran frantically. Well, of course, they're going to be afraid, you know, and these things I don't believe are by accident, not in any shape or form. Now you can think what you want, but look at the culture that it's, a, it's created. Look at how it's affected our daily lives. People don't take too kindly in any public fashion of what guns can do, whether it be a pistol, whether it be a rifle, an assault rifle, or even a submachine gun. They do not want in any way to have that to be around them whatsoever. 
So what does that do? It creates people to be in a panic, people not using critical thinking. Now, there's been school shootings. There's been mall shootings, bar shootings, so on and so forth. It's been a long road of progression to keep people afraid. And since what, why do we have to be afraid? And this is not just isolated here in the United States. This has happened globally. I believe that New Zealand also had a mass shooting. and they Their reaction to guns in their own country has been very distinct in what, what, how they view um, firearms and what they're going to do. So anyhow, so in this fear-based society or culture, I should say, people are afraid to say what they think, say what they want, and even their humor is affected. It's sick and twisted. We've heard, I've heard Donald uh, Trump in response to the mass shootings, like this is a, this is what happens when people are playing violent video games, games like Call of Duty, Battlefield, any first person shooter, Grand Theft Auto. These games inhibit an attitude to go numb. I've played these games myself. I own some copies of them. I'm not going to lie that I don't enjoy playing those games at times, but I also monitor the effect of how I feel about the aggression in each of these games. So my attention has been shifting to learning, bettering myself, self-development, and being conscious of what's going on around me. Now, if people are so afraid of what's going to happen to them, how are they thinking about progress? How are they thinking about bettering their community? How can they defend themselves against predatory business entities that will buy out their homes? And where do these people have to live? The effects go on and on and on and on. People are bickering at each other, the rich versus the poor. Um, culture versus culture, black versus white, Hispanic versus white. It's been going on and it's propaganda that's being bred. I mean, you can even go into the border issues themselves and they will, it specifically isolates people of color, people that are brown skin like myself. I have light brown skin because I'm also Mexican American. But I'm also Irish American too, and some other whatever I'm mixed with. My mom's white, my dad's Mexican. If you looked at my father, he's a dark man. He looks Mexican. I'm a little bit more mixed, so people have a little bit hard time identifying what I actually am. And sometimes they ask me, "Are you Arabic? Are you Italian? Are you Greek?" You know, the list goes on and on and on. But it's not about what I identify with but what, how the identity is being attacked. So way it's being projected is white kid, white kids are going crazy and becoming racist against Brown people. So culture versus culture is being peddled a lot. And if you think I'm wrong, that's fine, but just take observation, you know, look at the news, look at how people treat each other. Why do certain people want to live in some neighborhoods and don't want to better their own community? It's because they're afraid, you know, investing in something, investing in your own is not an easy tactic because we don't want someone to destroy what we already have. Right. You know, and who's to say, you know, like, uh, 
you know, when cultures mix, like, you know, the identity of those cultures are being questioned. It goes, it's, it's all over. Like it's peddled. I was also listening to something else where this U S American woman is going to have her child take away from her in Saudi Arabia. She is a Muslim and she, the, the government, Saudi Arabia government is threatening to take her child away permanently after she's already gotten divorced because they don't feel that she's going to teach a really Islamic way. Again, that's cultural divide, you know, and it's being peddled. And of course I felt for the, I feel for the woman. It's like, you know, it reminds me of that movie, not without my daughter or something like that with Sally Fields. The culture is, is that we're going to take away from you or we want you to be afraid and not think for yourself or object to what's going on. People in their local, regional, and continental attitudes are affected every single day. So what are ways that we as people can battle this? One, you got to turn off the tube. If it's not being positive, just ignore it. I don't want to say completely ignore it. You got to pay attention to some things, but um, because it's election year, a lot of things are going to be spit out to a lot of different American citizens of what they should vote for, who they should believe in, so on and so forth. You know, um, making conscious decisions instead of spending, saving. Now it's been promoted that you got to borrow, borrow, borrow. And saving is kind of like asinine or objective. In my opinion, I don't believe that's true. When you save, you have something. may not be much, but you have something to work with. Now, the cultural culture is in business is to borrow. Your, your name, your person is worth according to your borrowing level and how much you pay back. That determines your credit score. That is true. You know, so if you pay say like you borrow $500 and you pay more than the bare minimum, your credit score goes up. Well, what happens when you can't pay those loans? You are looked at on paper as the most worthless human being, a part of our culture. You're part of the reason why you're blamed for why supposedly America is not great again. You know, hint, hint. I don't believe that to be true. I believe we need to start teaching our children and ourselves about abundance and conserving, saving, building, but not over borrowing, over lending ourselves. Um, I've learned in several debt management courses that your name and your credit score are big deals, but what are you worth on paper? Say like you want to start a business. How are you going to get a business loan? Many people don't create businesses because they're afraid of their credit score and what they can't borrow. You got to take risks. Some people have excellent business ideas and they're afraid to do what they want to do in making a business. So they end up giving their power away. And yes, we've all done it in some fashion or form of giving our monetary needs to monetary wants. And those wants go into bad health, buying objects that are we're borrowing more than what we're worth. 
Um, I was just talking to a friend. He was so proud of borrowing money to buy a brand new ski boat. And I asked him, I said, have you paid off your card? And he's like, no. And I said, have you, uh, have you uh, taken care of the things around your house? And he fixing like, cause he was telling me about his air conditioning that it's out. And he said, no. I said, so why would you buy a boat if you got to fix all that? He's all, cause it's fun and I can enjoy it. And you know, I work hard and I deserve it. With that attitude, it goes into the fear-based culture because we're circumventing what our necessity and our real needs are to fun and pleasure and let's just forget about our displeasures in life. So these are different aspects that are counterproductive, really ruin the situation at hand that we have. And we've got to be careful. We really do have to be careful about what we're saying, what we're believing. And then our kids follow in our footsteps. My daughter, my 11-year-old, I'm trying to constantly counsel her and talk to her. We need to stop being wanters and more savers. And her mother is a great example of someone who is saves her assets, saves her money, invests it, you know, in a good quality way. And she has a great livelihood. And I and I do appreciate my ex, you know, in that respect. She is doing something great to be a good model role model for my daughter. So I want my daughter to do better than I ever have, but I learned fear. And like my friend, screw paying off our bills. Why not enjoy myself? Well, there's a way to enjoy yourself without giving up your way. That's the truth. That gives into the fear-based culture that gives it, you basically takes away your voice when something is wrong and object to it and saying, you know what? No, you're wrong. You do not need to make that kind of decision. No, we don't need to go to war with these people. No, we do not need to conduct business over there. No, we do not need to give away our trade and what we make and what we value here and now. That's what's going on in the fear-based culture and society. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and I have an interview in just a few moments that I'm going to get ready for. So stay tuned with a good interview between Maria Humphreys from Strong Body, Strong Soul um, and myself, and we'll be right back. Maria, how you doing? Hello, Jason. I am great. How are you? I'm great. Good morning and welcome to Good Vibes of Jason B, a Broad Minds and More podcast. I'm speaking with Maria Humphreys from Strong Body, Strong Soul, and this is going to be a part of Variety Episode 36. Uh, on the Good Vibes of Jason B and Broad Minds and More podcast station. But uh, if Maria, if you want to share it with your listeners, I'll send you a hyperlink so that you can share it with your listeners as well. Fantastic. So, so um, I want to speak specifically to you. We've had Maria Humphreys before as a guest on our show, and it's been quite a time. But one of the things that I really love about Maria Humphreys is she is such a powerful, positive force on the anchor airwaves and she has a great many listeners and followers. And one of the things that I really love about what she does is she does talk about meditation. She does talk about um, the importance of um, getting centered, um, the importance of making something better while you're where you're at and accepting of who you are. So Maria, if you don't mind me uh, mind telling our listeners about 
who you are and how you got into meditation and why it's so important to you. Sure, sure. I'm Maria and my show is Strong Body, Strong Soul. And I have evolved into a combination of being a meditation teacher and a personal trainer, hence the name of my show, because I just feel so compelled to help empower people and help them unlock the key of how, how powerful they are Mm -hmm. and to remind people that no one else has the answers that they do. And so my show is about reminding people that they do have a strong body and a strong mind and a strong soul um, and to remind them. So I, I mix it all up because I do think that spirituality and energy is there all of the time, whether I'm walking through Costco and, and looking around and feeling so connected with the people around me, I don't have to name it anymore. But the way I talk about it, I hope, helps people shift their thinking a little bit. The reason I got into teaching, becoming a meditation teacher, is, and I look back on my life, and ever since I was a little girl, I was always the one that if my grandma would complain that it was raining, I would say, but grandma, it's going to make the flowers grow. And I've always been that voice of reason kind of to shake it up when people get stuck and is that, in a certain way of thinking. And, it, and if you don't mind me asking, is, yeah. that, is that when you were a little girl, was that when you kind of got an inclination to decide to get into meditation? Uh, and when did you decide you wanted to start teaching about meditation? I didn't start considering myself a meditation teacher until the last decade of my life. I started doing, studying an, an, a meditation that comes out of India. It's a chanting meditation. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And it changed the way my body and my energy interact with meditation itself. Because I've always grown up with prayer as being a part of my life. I came from a Catholic family. And I known about mindful meditation my whole life and all sorts of different kinds of meditation. But this particular one really resonated with me and it's so simple and it's (coughs) such a participation where people actually use their bodies and their own vibration of their voice, which oddly enough, I find myself podcasting. So it's audio is very important to me and the vibration of sound. So when I started doing the meditation, I, um, after a few years, because for the first couple of years, I have to tell you, I was shy to tell people that I was doing it because it sounded so odd. Now that's an interesting aspect that you mentioned that. And Mm -hmm. I think coming from the Catholic slash Christian background as well, myself, I feel that what meditation I would, I, I was never exposed to meditation, but I was exposed to prayer. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the biggest misconception that you feel that's going on? I guess you would have to say in, in theologies and religions mm-hmm. in regards to meditation and prayer. Are they one and the same 
are yes. they are, are they completely different and how do they benefit the person um in their their belief system or their theological system do you feel that maybe meditation calms things down and gives some clarity so what yes. do you think Yes, to all of that. But I would preface it by saying for anyone out there, there is no answer Mm. to that question. Everyone is different. I would never tell anyone that they should meditate. Mm. Everyone needs to come to that realization on their own. And what type of meditation or prayer (coughs) they choose is not my concern. Right. And it do, can't be. I, I can't guess. Now, on your show, you you at times mention Louise Hay, which I absolutely mm-hmm. love her teachings. I have I love her book, How to Heal Yourself. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is she talks about the healing of your own self through meditation and your own spoken word to forgive yourself. Yes. Yes. And in my episode uh, that you'll probably be listening to later about the fear-based culture, do you feel that meditation can really uplift our vibration to take our mindset out of what's going on in reaction to what is going on bad in the world? People are afraid of mass shootings, making their own decisions, trying to identify who they really are. Of course, Um, of course. And what I love about Louise Hay, she would say there's certain words you just need to take out of your, your daily language and the biggest one that stands out for me is the should. And I like what you just said uh, just a mm-hmm. moment ago is um, I'm not here to tell people what they should do because yes. it takes away from their independence of making a decision. Exactly. Would you agree with that? I mean, yes. Yes. Okay. I would absolutely agree with that. I think any good teacher is, and everybody has their own style and sometimes teachers, um, it's just my style of teaching is definitely by trying to inspire people mm-hmm. rather than dictate to them what they should do. I don't have a preset plan for everybody. Just like with personal training, everybody's different. Everybody's body is different. Everybody's spiritual connection with their own divine source, God, whatever you want to call it. Everybody has their own individual relationship with Mm -hmm. spirituality that's why also by the way meditation for me and prayer whether you're talking about kundalini energy or the trinity and the holy spirit i love the kundalini talk i really do i totally enjoy it not a lot of people understand what that is what can you explain to our listeners what what in reference does kundalini is and what does it mean Absolutely. Absolutely. Kundalini is the energy that flows through your body. But there's a practice. There are many different types of Kundalini meditation practices. But in the yogic tradition of Kundalini, they concentrate on the spinal column, Mm. the health of the spinal column. So a lot of the yogi practice is related to posture and it's to help open up that energy, the flow of energy. And that expression is very important. When she... Yes. Okay. And, and energy itself, 
and the and the chakras as i describe them when i teach workshops and such are like a vortex of energy they're churning all of the time like a wheel but the kundalini energy that connects all of them is more of a a spiral kind of pattern mm. of energy and energy is going up all of the time and it's coming down mm-hmm. so there's a meeting point where the energy is coming up and the energy is coming down when they meet and become balanced that is where your awareness happens now for our list our my professional listeners those who are um, attorneys uh, paralegals anyone who's in a high intensity um, critical thinking atmosphere of a job where mm-hmm. facts have to be set straight your actions have to be distinct you your critical thinking is your most powerful skill how what would you say for those professionals can help them be more effective in their job by doing a daily meditation what would you say about exactly that I would say that the a, a daily meditation would help you come into alignment with your best self of what you are capable of doing and help. You know, a moment ago, you, you referenced meditation in terms of relaxation, mm-hmm. and it definitely helps with anxiety and insomnia and all that kind of great stuff. But I love it for its power to ignite our energy. And, and, and that's what it does. In an attorney, in a, in a legal profession, you have a lot of shit flying all over the place all of the time. You're putting out fires all of the time. So if you take the time to get centered, you are going to come out stronger and more able, capable of handling those situations. Yeah. And, and the more you practice, the less time you need. Because a lot of people, of course, I don't have time to meditate, of course, but the more mindful you are of it, the less time it will take to attain the same power. Now, that's an interesting aspect that you just mentioned there. Now, do you feel that people are distracted in their time as opposed to being present and meditation will recenter that exact dysfunction, as I like to call it? I feel it's a dysfunction. People are developing anxiety. Children are developing anxiety and depression, mental, because we're, there's so many people that are talking about being present and how to be present. But what they're missing is, is being, as we say, true to ourselves and being spiritual and meditation gives, I would say, fruit for our soul. Would, mm-hmm. you, would you agree Definitely. with that? Yes, Yes, because you need to nourish that part of you. The longer you ignore it, the more solid, the more fixed it's going to become. And you need that fluidity. Mm-hmm. You need that. And, and I will say part of just the world in general, the way we operate now is a lot of people are operating from such fear and this idea of lack a lack in the world and it create changes our behavior out in the world. And we can adjust that if we attune to who we are and we realize this is it. Who we are is such a gift 
And we have gifts to share. No one's going to come and steal it away from you. Let me tell you an example, by the way, of something that happened just the other day at a cafe that I was at. Two women were sitting there and they had extra chairs at their table and they had their purses on their chairs, (coughs) on these extra chairs. Mm -hmm. And I needed a couple of more chairs for my table, for our group. Mm -hmm. And they said, no, they hoarded the chairs. It was so strange. And I think it just is so indicative of our society. A lot of times we think someone's going to take something away from us. And they ended up leaving and another couple sat, another set of people sat down that were really kind and the energy of our meal, everything changed. But you could feel these people just hoarding. And I think that's what we do with time as well. And the, and when we waste time, when we waste our own energy, we end up, we end up um, getting mad and resentful mm. and we end up wasting time we end up wasting money when we think we we don't have enough money we start being late on our library books we start wasting more money because we think it's it's useless to even try it's interesting that you say that because i was just talking to a friend the other day and he was bragging about his brand new ski boat that he's going to go wakeboarding And we were talking about, you know, this guy's come to me for some life coaching advice. And he was just like a few months ago, he was um, not doing well financially. And then he got a better job. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden he wants to live the the fast and I call it fast and furious way of, of excitement and adrenaline and enjoyment of now. And I said, Mm -hmm. well, so where is, where's your investment in yourself, your self-development, your business development, um, your future, your family in with that boat, you know, is that boat? I mean, you've got an expensive car and house payment. So when you're in trouble, your distraction is help me, help me, help me. But where are you centering your decisions? And I was telling him, I said, I'm not here to judge you, but I am here to point something out because you've come to me for advice. I am your brother in Christ. I'm your brother in, in life in general. And I just want to tell you, I don't know if your decision is exactly correct, but I want you to take an accord that what are you investing in your personal time to make your grand situation, your long-term decision-making better. And he was like, he was asking me about meditation. He was asking me about how to be present and thoughtful like two months ago. And I just, I, you know, it just kind of baffled me. It bothered me a little bit. And I said, you know what? By you making that decision, I know you have to settle with it. You already borrowed, but what are you going to do going forward before the next catastrophe? What if a recession does happen and you don't mm-hmm. have a job? Mm-hmm. It's like people are like loaning, uh, uh, borrowing against not only their time, but their life spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so do you, feel, do you feel that people only want to resort to these spiritual things such as meditation um, when they're in desperation Yes. And is there skept- <laughs> and is there skepticism about what meditation is? What do you feel those skepticisms might be as well? Well, yes. I mean, any kind of holistic kind of practice is always a last resort for most people, for most people. Mm-hmm. Some people are the other way around. They try to, to uh, think outside the box all the time, and then they figure out that they do need medication or whatever it may be. Um, 
but I think, yes, I think, unfortunately, it's on the back burner for a lot of people, which the worse our society and things that, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, shootings and such, and the world is a mess. The world is a mess. But the worse it gets, the stronger some people are getting. Mm. It's creating a natural balance. It's going to get so bad that more people will turn do you feel two that the, different ways. Do you, I feel personally that that is the great creator, God, whatever you want to call it, your, your maker, or even if you don't believe in a higher power, I believe that's Mother Nature's way of responding when we need to be corrected in, in, yes. a, in, a, in a way. And it doesn't mean that because we're sinners or what, it just means that there's a time for decay and there's a time for planting and prosperity. And yes. just like we yes. had fires last year that were so severe, you went through that last year, did you not? You went through Yeah, a... yeah, we were evacuated and, for and... five days and stuff right in the middle of it all. And do you, but... oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I, I think that it's important and I think that meditation helps us get to the realization that we all know this. We all know this in our minds. Everything happens for a reason, right? And, and you, why you and lose why... a baby. Yeah. Your dog dies. You're, you know, terrible things happen. You lose a job. You get in a car accident. Everything happens for a reason. Something always changes because of mistakes, because of catastrophe, change is inevitable. But the more we become attuned to uh, the acceptance and the faith that it's for a reason, I, the easier that. it makes it easier to assimilate. Yes, I was just on this Twitter thing the other day. People were going on about, you know, Trump stuff. I mean, obviously, it's an ugly conversation. And there are people on there using the term Trumpsters and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know yeah, what? I, I have you start, <laughs> you, well, you start pointing yeah. fingers at any group of people and you're doing the same thing. So it's more like blame and not, yes. and not, and, and I, not I've, accountability. Yeah. And not, we are accountable. Yeah. Yes. What do you want your kids to think is okay? Right. What? How? And it creates conversations with my kids all of the time. I see somebody doing something really bad, and you comment it on it, and you have a conversation about it. You don't say, "Oh, well, you know, he's got a lot of money; he can do that." Uh, that's interesting that you mentioned that because I was at the grocery store the other day, and this is something that drives is a pet peeve of mine: people in the corn section. They peel their corn husks out there. There's no trash can. There's nothing. And they just leave their garbage there. And I'm like, what happened to when I was growing up, when you went to a grocery store and people owned, like, I'm just going to take it with me. I'm going to dispose of it in my own place and Mm -hmm. not leave a mess for someone else. And then people are now in the state of constant blame. And what I've learned about blame is. It's like a gun. Once you point it, there is a hammer pointing back at you, and then the barrel is at the other end. So you both suffer in the definitely. long in the long definitely. term. Definitely, definitely, and it fa- it affects all all areas of our society. Of course, our poor school system. 
I mean, men are afraid to become PE teachers now because there's so much trash going around. Yes. And it's like, it's scary. And, 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 and I feel, I agree with you. I feel, well, I'm not just that, but I feel like teachers are not giving the opportunity to really prepare children in our, it's basically preparing to becoming employees right, and right. entrepreneurs and creators. But one of the things I feel like, and so many people are complaining about is they're not being taught the right things and being distracted with all the wrong things. Like to, <laughs> me, to me, like this, the, allowing cell phones in school, I don't care who it is, even my well, own daughter. I just don't agree with cell phones being on at schools, period. Well, Jason, Jason, I have to just wait one comment and then I have to go and we oh, have to get back yeah, to meditation to tie it up. Okay. But hold on. On that comment, though, about education, I just have to tell you. In our area, science is no longer offered in the high school. Oh, my God. All. It's an elective. Okay. Oh it's there, but it's an elective. So my daughter has to give up other things because she wants to take science. I don't know what kind of world this is that science is an elective, but the thing is she's forced to take a freshman class at the high school mm -hmm. that one of the whole sections in there is teaching people about all the different terminology for gender identification. And how important is that? That yeah, is that, that's I, a personal that's exactly. a personal issue. That's a personal I'm like, issue. What? Yeah. Why? I don't understand. It's the programming. But at the same time, it's like a lot of these topics that the school systems are starting to teach are things that used to be discussed at home. Do you feel and that maybe I've heard in some some Ugh. some states meditation is now being taught to students so that they can center and focus themselves. Do you that think, is fantastic. Do you think that would be a great benefit to our students here in California? I think that that would be a great benefit. Like but I of, also think that it won't happen because there are too many people that are afraid of it. It's too. It, they still think it's a religion of some sort. They're going to go the And would you say way. meditation is religion or meditation no, is an element not. of belief in whether you believe in a higher power or just yourself? Would you believe that it, it would be that? It, to me, it's a tool and a position at the same time. I use it to not just center myself, but to give me that oomph to go in the direction I need to go into my daily practices. Well, Maria, we have yes. had a great discussion. I look forward to having another discussion <laughs> with you. You are on a time bracket. And I said I was going to keep it to 20 minutes or 15 to 20 minutes. We've gone over that. but Okay. Well, that's okay. I mean, you, I love talking to you, Jason. And I love your perspective. And I love our conversations. Thank you so much for inviting me to come on the show with you. So I'm going to post this, this conversation in two places, one in my variety episode 36, and then one, I'm going to post it. If people just want to listen only to our interview on um, interview with Maria, and I'll publish that and give you the links later on today. So right. thank you for being a guest, Maria. You have a wonderful day and I hope you accomplish all your goals today. Namaste. Thank you very much. Have a great mm -hmm. one. Bye. Bye-bye. Jason, hello, it's Maria. Thank you so very much for having me on your show. That was great to talk with you. I just wanted to clarify a couple of things. I come from a litigation background. I was in the legal profession for many years doing really high profile trials and stuff like that. I loved it. But 
I really thrived on the adrenaline rush and that need to be needed by other people and really dependent on by my clients and such. And so I can totally understand anybody out there listening in the legal profession. Seems like a stretch, but meditation is worth it. I promise you. And I am working right now on creating a webinar type series that I might be able to provide to some of your clients too in the future or your listeners. Okay, bye. And that was Maria uh, Maria Humphreys from Strong Body, Strong Soul, uh, an interview about meditation and how it affects um, people and the different ways and things that are going on. So uh, to wrap this this episode up with and what I was talking about, fear-based societies and cultures, um, meditation is one of the remedies of how we can fight against fear, how we can treat our our thinking, our being, um, so on and so forth. So if you have any questions about meditation, feel free to stop on by on Maria Humphreys Station, Strong Body, Strong Soul, and send her a voicemail if you're here on Anchor. Um, she's also on Instagram and several other platforms, I believe YouTube. Um, she's a great resource to listen to. Um, she's, she's just a wonderful human being. And uh, she left me a voicemail that uh, I'm going to add also to this episode. So uh, thank you all for taking your time to listen uh, to my my strong, or excuse me, my Good Vibes at Jason B, um, a Broad Minds and More podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful day and take care.